will not waste your time. We will not record dead silence on this. No, no worries. Awesome. Okay, uh, let's get started. This is, uh, I'm excited. I might even be a little bit nervous, Brent. So <laughs> don't say that. You'll be fine. I, yeah. I trust in your abilities. So this is, uh, don't this... say anything stupid, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if I do say anything stupid, um, forget that I work for you, if you would, for just a couple of right. minutes. Uh, so this is, <laughs> this is episode number 48 of the Hot Isle. And uh, today is an extra exciting day. We, we, pulled, we pulled some strings and we spent a bunch of money and we brought in a special guest. And the goal of the show uh, is to talk about uh, the, the, the end of the Dell, well, the end of the beginning of the Dell Technologies merger, acquisition, whatever you want to call it, and uh, really kind of get some insights, some behind the scenes. And so with us, we have none other than Jeremy Burton. Jeremy? Hey, good morning. Glad uh, glad we could make it happen. I'm, it's an honor to be on the show. How about that? Yeah. Oh, we're happy to have you. We're honored. <laughs> I, I don't know what I owe. I don't know what I owe Aaron Chasen for this, but we'll figure it out later. Um, so you know, I did. I, I told you I was nervous, so I even forgot to do something. So as part of the hot aisle, I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm Brian Carpenter, and with me. Brent Piatti, good morning. It's fine. I think by at this point we're we're close to uh, fifty episodes in. Most people know us, and if not, um, they can listen to old episodes, and and eventually they'll get to know us both. And so, Jeremy, you are uh, you're. I mean, you're almost first name. I don't know if uh, who gets more first name credit if it's you or Chad, um, but you know. <laughs> You know, as we, because it was funny last week, I heard his name mentioned a couple of times, and they didn't even use his last name. So he's now, you know, it's basically you know Prince and a couple of other things. His first name as well as, as Chad, <laughs> apparently. Um, but you're you're the CMO of Dell Technologies, and you've you've had that position for a little while now. I mean, it's been a couple of months um, and officially as we've come together. I guess there's some other things that are involved with the technicality of that. But you know, we want to talk to you about what that is. You know, why you took the position. What are the kind of things we're trying to accomplish? So, um, you know, let's let's just hit it right off the top. You know, so what made you take the job as CMO of Dell Technologies when it was offered to you? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, it, it's funny. My career, I've always, you know, bounced around really between product jobs and, and marketing jobs. And... Um, it, 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 your marketing is obviously something that I've really loved to do. Otherwise, I wouldn't keep going back to it. Um, but I, I guess I'm always a bit paranoid of being typecast as kind of, quote, the marketing guy. Um, you, you know, I, I think many folks, obviously, they'll, they'll go to college, they'll do marketing degrees, they'll have a classical marketing background. That really wasn't me. And so I think it's probably the, the engineer in me, which was really what I uh, exited college with, an engineering degree, you know, that every now and then says, okay, you know, you've got to get back to the technology and the product. So I've, I've, I've gone back and forth. Um, I enjoyed the last uh, probably three years within uh, EMC working with the product organization, met some great people, had a lot of fun, you know, folks like, you know, Guy Churchwood and CJ Desai and John Rose and, and gang. And uh, I had a great time there. But I felt with um, the merger happening that there's certain points in a company's history where I think marketing can make a massive difference. Um, you know, I think marketing can make a difference a lot of the time, but there's certain points where I just think it's really needed and, and there's a real opportunity for it to make a huge difference in how people perceive the company. And, and now is one of those times. Um, we've got this great Dell Technologies story that not enough people know, by the way. Um, and you know, I think we've got an employee base 
that um, really wants to understand and know, hey, what's our role in the future? And I think both internally and externally, uh, the marketing team and obviously me as the leader of the marketing team can just have a huge impact. So, yeah, I really wanted to make a difference. I mean, it sounds kind of cliche and and, and a bit cheesy, uh, I guess, but I want to make an impact and I want to make a difference to the outcome here. And I feel like marketing is a great place to be right now. Yeah, uh, that's that's awesome. So I've got to ask, right? I mean, if we if we think back, I mean, I can think when I was younger, I can think of uh, younger siblings and even today, just kind of in general, people know the Dell name. It's household, right? The the dude you're getting a Dell was like just throughout the Twitters whenever the, the merger was was announced. Um, so EMC is not that right. We're not a household name. So talk to me about. Um, the, the impact you think that it's going to have. And, and frankly, I'll be honest, um, already in the first two weeks, you know, post-merger, I feel like uh, Dell EMC has done more marketing on the street uh, to build that kind of, I don't know, that 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 recognition than we probably have done in, in many years past. So talk to us about that. Yeah, well, we're probably not going to have the dude you get in the data center, uh, you know, the, the kind of grown up, <laughs> the grown up, <laughs> we're probably not going to do that. But um, no, like, uh, I, I think the, the merger, what's been written a lot about right now is it's the transaction, it's the deal, it's the $60 billion, it's the, you know, merger of Dell and EMC. And there's a lot of drama around, quote, the deal. And um, I think from now until, let, let's say, the next couple, three years are done. We've really got a job of education. I mean, what you find with a lot, of, a, a, particularly tech companies, but but I would I would argue actually argue most big brands, uh, they get well known for one thing, and and the thing that makes them great over time starts to act as like um, a boat anchor as they try and change perception. So you know Microsoft, Windows, um, Oracle, database. Um, you know, and, and, and EMC, symmetric storage array, right? And, and the thing that you find that one product often uh, made these companies great and that, that builds their brand. Um, and then it's very then difficult to change perception. And so Dell, you know, if you ask most people, right, they would reflect that, that Dell dude commercial. It's a PC company, right? And EMC, you know, we do storage arrays. And so the, the, the challenge, if you like, is to really explain to people, and I think this merger gives us a great opportunity to do it, is to say, hey, look, this, this is not the Dell that you, you, you knew, and, and this is not the EMC that you knew. Uh, look at what we can now do and look at the impact that we can have you know, more broadly um, on not, not just IT, uh, but the business uh, as a whole. So you know, it, it takes a long time for people uh, to, to change their perception of a company, which is why a lot of these activities and actions uh, really have got to be sustained. So the the initial kind of push is to just kind of say that, look, we're here, we, we've, we've got the deal done, uh, you know, this is what we stand for, we can transform your organization. And then, as I said, in the next, you know, year or two, we, we've really got to tell the story. And one of the things I've always loved about marketing and whether it's in the in the EBC, you know, first thing on a on a Monday morning or whether it's on a billboard at an airport is um, we've got to tell a story. And m- more than ever, I think, um, you, you know, we've got to do a good job of telling that story. So that's kind of what gets me fired up every day. 
And so if, if we focus on that, like a little bit more of, of the combination of the two types of marketing, I mean, you know, we see Dell has always had a, a, a visible consumer and commercial marketing approach from, from my perspective. And then, you know, we've had much more of a marketing to the fortune 500 type marketing approach. Um, how do you see Dell's public marketing benefiting like the enterprise business? Like how do we get household name impact on something like Dell EMC mm -hmm. enterprise business? Yeah, yeah. So you, you, obviously, you're going to continue to see um, the PC-based um, uh, marketing because that's that's what drives demand for for that business. So that that will continue. It will have a slightly different look, um, certainly from what we'll do with Dell EMC, and certainly from what we'll do even with Dell Technologies. And the the delicate thing that we're trying to do here is to say, hey, look, there's there's kind of PC Dell. And you're going to see, you know, ads around that. And that's got a very, you know, kind of light, you know, airy, you know, lots of white space kind of look and feel. Um, in the data center, um, I love this term. Uh, I forget I forget who made it up. In, uh, but but it's almost this Batman look. It's a night, uh, almost sinister tech, uh, futuristic uh, looking feel to it. And, it, it. and it's in stark contrast, by the way, to what you would see on the consumer side. So you... You would think if folks are looking at both, which, you know, we're all consumers at heart, it's not going to take you long to tell those two apart. And then the broader story, the Dell Technologies, is um, it, it's really in a, a lot of dawn colors, right? So a lot of the things that are running right now with the Let the Transformation Begin, uh, they're all kind of sunrises. And um, again, it's got a distinctive look to it. So you're really using color to help people delineate between the three faces of Dell, you know, Dell, the PC business. Um, Dell EMC, the data center business, and Dell Technologies, which is the broader technology company. And most of the money that we're going to spend, at least initially, is going to be up at that Dell Technologies level um, to explain to folks how we can help transform IT and, and transform their business at large. Because uh, that that's, I think, where we establish relevance for Dell Technologies in, in future. And uh, you know, it's always a bit of a debate with the sales team because, you know, we've got to sell what's on the truck today. We've still got to sell servers and storage arrays and, um, you know, th things that we've been building for the last few years. And we do a lot of demand creation in marketing around that. Um, but the big dollars that people will see on in airports and potentially on TV and at golf tournaments, that's really going to be positioning the company for where the world is headed. You know, we, we've got to make sure people understand, look, we're very relevant for where the world's going and, and, and marketing's got to do that job. And then sales have got to sell what, what, you know, we've got on the truck today. Um, so it's that delicate balance of position for the future, um, but generate demand uh, doing things uh, that the customer r really has a need for today. Yeah, cool. So uh, you talked about the branding, the dawn, the light, the night. Um, so I, you know, I kind of see that as maybe your your something within your first thirty days. So talk to us about kind of your your plan for thirty, sixty, ninety, one hundred eighty days. What um, what are you focused on in near term, the midterm, and then and then the long term? Yeah, it's great. Great question. I mean, I, I'm I'm a big believer that um, now this deal's closed, we just we got to get on with the program, right? I mean, there's lots of talk about well, yeah, we're still going to do integration. We've got org stuff to work through. You know, yeah, 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 but that's not why we come to work, right? We, we come to work um, to make a difference, get the job done, 
you know, generate demand for our sales team and then position the company for the future. So, you know, the next, let's say between now and, and February, which is the, the end of the, of, of the fiscal year for both companies is a little bit, you know, it's a, it's a month in addition to what we've historically done at EMC. What we've got this uh, top level advertising going, talking about, um, Dell technologies, let the transformation begin, um, Underneath Dell Technologies, you've got what we're calling the ingredient brands, the VMware's, the Pivotal's, the SecureWorks, so folks can make that association. That's that's going to run for about, you know, three or four months. Um, and then we're going to transition that um, to what I'd call a uh, probably a, a more typical brand campaign where we can really explain to folks a little bit more of the story. You know, how is Dell Technologies transforming industries through th- something like Pivotal? How is uh, Dell Technologies transforming IT through, you know, uh, VMware and Dell EMC? Uh, and I'd love to highlight just mega customer stories as a part of this. I think there's nothing more powerful than, than seeing our customers speak. So, I don't know, can we get the, the CEO of, of Ford to talk about how, you know, with Pivotal, we're helping transform the automotive industry? I mean, how, how powerful would that be? And we, we've got many of those examples um, in the IT uh, world about, you know, CIOs talking about how the combination of VMware and Dell EMC is transforming uh, their IT department. So that that obviously is a big part of this. And um, that also as well, by the way, helps us really zero in on a very clear message. You know, you think 140,000 uh, people and literally hundreds of products, you know, you, you guys know as well as anyone. We've got a really distill away a lot of the things that are less important from the things that are most important. And this top level brand campaign, I think is going to help crystallize in many people's minds, really what that top level message is. So that, 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 that if you like, is number one. Um, number two, we've got uh, Dell EMC forums going. Uh, again, it's another great opportunity to amplify the message, talk about um, not just how we're transforming, but how we're helping transform the industry and helping transform IT departments. It's a great opportunity to get the sales teams together. It's a great opportunity to get the partner ecosystems together. Um, those things are already cranking. Um, I think I'm actually speaking at the one in London um, in early October. Um, but, but there's going to be about um, between 40 and 50 of those worldwide between now and the end of year. Um, there is a Dell EMC world, uh, the former Dell world, conference, which historically has been uh, in Austin in October, um, is now called Dell EMC World. Um, you, you're going to start to see the noise level on that uh, crank up. Um, we've got a lot of new product announcements there. In fact, I, I just reviewed yesterday the list of announcements. There was something like 21. Um, and, and these are a combination of Dell technology and EMC technology coming together to deliver a joint solution or outcome for our customers. So that that's pretty exciting. Um, I think that'll be a great opportunity to go back to the press. Uh, we've got about 300 press flying in and, and say, hey, guys, deal's done. We're back to business. Look at all this new stuff that we've got coming out for our customers and you know, really get the press focused on the execution and uh, the delivery that the new company is now uh, engaged in. So, you know, Dell EMC Forum, Dell EMC World, that, that, that's a massive deal. And then, um, you know, behind the scenes, if you like, we, we've obviously got the planning for, for FY18 going on. We really want to hit the ground running, new set of campaigns, 
Um, you know, lots of good stuff lined up for next year. There will be a huge Dell EMC World in Vegas in May. Uh, that that really, I think, is going to be the ongoing tech show, if you like. And I'd love to turn this uh, October date into a, a higher level executive event um, in Austin. And I think the two together will they'll, they'll serve different audiences, but they'll get across the the same message in a very different way. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, lots of stuff going on between really now and the end of the fiscal year. That's uh, sounds like a lot of fun. I can't believe you got through all of that without uh, us having to prompt again. So sounds like you've been asked <laughs> that before. So uh, you you mentioned a couple of things, like you said, you know, okay, we've got it together. We need to do these things right. And so again, a a um, hundred and forty thousand person business, uh, roughly seventy billion, and you know, and and um, other things, right? Like so, seven strategically aligned businesses. Uh, 98% of the Fortune 500. There's a bunch of stuff that came out on a picture uh, last week with Michael Dell on it. So, however, like you said, there is some difficulty on here. So we do want to ask you, in your, you know, in your opinion, what do you think are the the hard parts of this? Where's the risk, and you know, where's the parts where we could stumble and fall and and do this wrong? Um, you know, what what's kind of what's keeping you awake at night, if anything? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the, the, be stupid not to worry about the scale of the organization, right? I mean, we're a big company. Um, I mean, I've never worked at a company this size, 140,000 people. Um, and in fact, most people have not worked in a company uh, this size. So the, the scale thing is something which you have to pay attention to. But what I hope we don't do, um, and certainly, look, I, I think Folks like myself, I've, uh, over my career, I've just I've made a I've made a career of just driving change and not really caring about the size of the organization. But we, we've got to have the can-do practical attitude and mindset, and not think too hard about uh, you know what what everyone will think or what everyone might think or because in a company this size, if you ask enough people for permission, you are going to find someone who says no. And and I think right now, you, you know. Speed is important, and the feeling that we can execute and get things done is important. And one of the great traits I've loved in the EMC culture, and I see it in the Dell culture as well, is this practicality. It's like, how do we make something happen? How do we make it real for our customers? And we, we've got to maintain that, at, at, you know, at, and that's got to be like top of mind um, because. The, the, the danger would be like every single thing that we do, we've got to have the, the big broad meeting and check that every single constituent is is happy and on board. And I'm not saying we don't want to socialize ideas and we don't want to have a team approach. We do. But at some point, you know, we've got to pull the trigger and get something done. And um, I feel like uh, if we err on the side of uh, practicality, getting things done in the name of the customer, um, then we won't go far wrong. And as long as I've been at, you know, EMC, and I, I, as I said, I, I do see this in the in the Dell culture. If we can keep it real, if we can keep it practical, um, and not try and boil oceans, um, then w at our scale, w you know, we can make a real impact. Yeah. So, um, and from from that standpoint of you know keeping it real and being practical, um, you know, I've got to ask now that this. The EMC portfolio in and of itself is is monstrous. So now we add that to the Dell portfolio. I mean, this thing is ginormous, right? So, how do you rationalize uh, from a from a marketing perspective 
all of these disparate things, all of the the, the potential overlap, um, and then not only that, but the portfolio of services and solution, um, you know, solutions around all of the the underlying infrastructure. Like that's that's a huge, huge challenge, not, not only for for the organization of Dell Technologies, but us as you know the 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 field. The, the voice of yeah. the field, the the sales teams, the engineering teams. So what's the what's the thought process behind that? Yeah, you, you, yeah. Look, SEs is it's one of the the best, but uh, can be the most difficult job, right? Because you, you know you, you're the technologists, and I think most people are in an SE role because uh, they they want to know, they they want to understand what's under the covers, and that's not often. The curiosity doesn't just extend often to one product; it extends to a portfolio, right? And you know, if you look at the portfolio as a whole, um, I mean, it, it can be overwhelming. So, I think what what we've got to do for our part in in the marketing team is there's there's got to be a taxonomy, right? We have hundreds of products, but but not all products are created equal, right? Um, so, at, at, at the top level, we've got to do a job of um, really not just explaining internally the taxonomy, but also externally to our customers. For, for example, we know our customers are more and more interested in uh, buying an outcome. It's like, hey, don't, don't give me components, give me a solution. So, you know, can we um, over time uh, go to the customer with more solution-oriented messaging? And we we started some of that with things like uh, enterprise hybrid cloud, for example, and native hybrid cloud. It's the same as the customer. If you want to put in a cloud environment, um, you know, here's an outcome that you can get from Dell EMC, which allows you to do that. If you want that off-premise, that's called VirtuStream. If you want that on-premise, it's called, you know, the Dell EMC enterprise hybrid cloud. Um, even at a level down from that, um, you know, if folks want infrastructure building blocks, I think, you know, then we've got to talk about converged infrastructure. Um, and, you know, again, it, it gets us out of the weeds a bit. We're, we're leading with something which is more of an outcome, um, more of a solution for the customer. It's not just storage or compute. It's compute, storage, and network. And then, uh, look, we're still in the component business, and, and most companies still buy components for us. And, um, my view of that, my, my job in some respects is not to explain to every customer um, how each of these works. Certainly that is the job of the the, the SE team and the specialty SE, SE teams very often in particular. But if I can inform the customer base that, hey, we're the best, like we're number one, we've got a great heritage of building great technology, we've got great R&D investments. Um, you know, if you want a technology partner, we're number one then that to me provides um, at least a lot of top level air cover so that um, we're on the uh, approved list or the must look at list. Um, you know, at a level down from that, if I think we're on the right path with, with something like the product positioning guide. Um, there is, you know, arguably no absolutes in terms of when to use product X versus product Y at times. Um, but I think we've got to get more of the, the the field team, and in particular the SE team, we've got to get that team much more comfortable with talking portfolio. Um, we have a portfolio, 
uh, whether you like it or not, we're not going to go shoot products. <laughs> so we've got to use it to our advantage, which means understanding workload. It means understanding what the best lead with product is for that workload and then been very decisive and uh, definitive in front of the customer. Um, So, you know, to me, comfort with the portfolio is going to be the way of life. And if we can produce tools like the product uh, positioning guide that can uh, be the North Star, then um, I think we'll, we'll do more right than wrong. And, and so you've mentioned portfolio a couple of times. And so this leads into another question that Brent and I had for you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you talk about market maturation and consolidation and things like that. So airlines, right? Lots of airlines down to just a few major airlines and their affiliates. Banks, you know, hundreds of banks now, down to now the mega banks. Retail, the same thing. You see consolidation into things like Amazon and Walmart. So, you know, we see, we tell people all the time, you either become a consolidator or buyer of, which we've seen yeah. that pretty recently. You become consolidated, which we've seen pretty recently. Uh, you die, uh, or you become like a boutique business or a niche business that focuses on something yeah. very specific, and you try to do that very well, and you're just happy with the market you have. So yeah. what are your thoughts on growing and consolidating versus shrinking to either make your portfolio easy for you or simply focusing on a, on a specific market? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think you're, you're spot on with your assessment of where the market is, is going, right? That you're going to get very big and you're going to get uh, niches and, and everything in the middle is, is, well, is almost gone, right? Um, at this stage, in the, certainly in the infrastructure market, you do not want to be a tweener, <laughs> right? Um, you know, the companies that were, I mean, when I think, you know, growing uh, my career in the last 20 years, there were, there were a lot of companies between, let's say, 500 million and two or three billion. Uh, there's almost none at this point in the infrastructure business. Um, so I think you've got to be very big. Or you've got to be a, a a niche provider, and and anything in the middle is is in I think ends up in a in a world of hurt. And um, as as that market kind of consolidates, um, I think scale is good, right? Um, because I mean, yes, yeah, some of those markets will commoditize, and some of those markets um, will not show positive growth. Um, but if you're big and you've got reach into the market and you've got supply chain efficiency, um, you could get it all, right? Um, so I, I think there is a, a real opportunity, um, you know, even with what's going on in the market, to be the scale player and the big player. Now, what I love about the structure that we've got within Dell Technologies and in days gone by, I think, you know, Joe Tucci takes a lot of credit for pioneering this federated approach. Um, in Dell Technologies, we don't just have a big um, infrastructure business that's trying to consolidate, uh, you know, the, the the buying of infrastructure components. We've got, you know, th- things like a VMware, like a Pivotal, and, and who knows what else in future that can really, you know, pioneer a trail into into new areas like software-defined networking, like um, platform as a service. And so the, the, the thing I like with the structure we've got is some, something like a Pivotal could be our biggest weapon against AWS, right? It, it, you know, people build their applications to the Pivotal platform and not the AWS platform, that then relegates Amazon to an, an infrastructure as a service provider. 
which is less sticky, less profitable, and all those uh, all those good things. So, and the fact that those two can coexist and be part of the same family, I just think is a you know is a, is, a, is a beautiful thing. So, um, look, the infrastructure market is not what it was five years ago. Um, uh, parts of it are consolidating, and parts of it are commoditizing. To, to me, scale is your friend in that environment. Um, but you can't just, uh, you know, be relevant to today and the past, you know, providing infrastructure components to, you know, organizations that want to run IT more efficiently. You've got to have a play for the future. And so, as I said, the the VMwares, the, the, the Pivotals, the Virtustreams, I think they're all pushing into areas that are increasing in relevance. And and so the you take a step back and look at the, the Dell Technologies play, and, and, and really that that is what I think um, – you know, is the is the is the game that we're playing here? Um, you know, or if you like, the the war is Dell Technologies, and then there's individual battles that we're fighting along the way. Some of those battles are in the late stage, like the infrastructure battle. Some of them are in the very very early stage, like the platform as a service. Yeah, so I, I think that um, you know we've certainly seen uh, the kind of our, our own tune changing with with respect to public cloud. Um, I certainly understand and respect the you know the, from the from a platform as a service perspective and and Pivotal Cloud Foundry. Um, but I mean, let's be honest with ourselves, right? I mean, the the I think Pat Gelsinger said it on on the stage at VMworld. The public cloud is still it's still going to grow. Um, but also so is the private cloud area. So what's our strategy to be successful? I mean, we've been very VMware focused um, and we've also just recently um, you know, started to move into this notion of being cloud enabled. But now with our partnership with, with Dell and, and now it extends to guys like Microsoft, um, what, what, is, what do you see for the future utilizing public cloud offerings um, and then just, you know, cloud in general. So both public, private and hybrid, if you will. Yeah, it's a great question. Get a, get a lot of questions about this. And, you know, candidly, it's something that, um, you know, now the merge is closed and we're, we're, we're kind of, quote, doing real work. Um, I, I actually think this is something that we could do with revisiting j- just so people really understand what the cloud strategy is. Um, I think we, we've got to be very careful with the cloud strategy. It's a, it's, it's really a fool's errand to go running headlong into Amazon or AWS. Um, yeah, we could blow a lot of money and be not very successful. Um, and so we've got to be very careful with how we approach it. Um, so n- number one, clearly we're going to build a um, uh, an infrastructure business that can be, you know, served into um, public cloud providers. Um, reality is, is uh, folks like certainly an Amazon and a Google, that they're not going to buy uh, much by way of uh, technology from you know, branded vendors such as um, a Dell EMC or, or anyone else for that matter, right? So, you know, yeah, got that memo. We know that that's the case. But there is still a, a lot of public cloud uh, providers outside of that. Um, so we've got an infrastructure business. We absolutely intend uh, to be an arms supplier, if you like, uh, to those public cloud providers. Uh, and, and look, the, the, the SaaS providers um, as well, not, ju- not just the IaaS, but the SaaS providers as well. Um, and I think we can have a decent business there. Now, probably the biggest opportunity, though, is um, you know, to, to link 
the data center workloads that we, you know, we believe you know, every data center will become a private cloud, right? Um, but we want to link those private clouds up to some kind of public cloud infrastructure so that IT leaders have got the freedom uh, as to where they want to run their workload. Um, look, if it's compute intensive and it's bursty, it may well be more economic to run that in a public cloud environment. Um, if it's got a lot of persistent data, a lot of network access, a lot of data movement, it may well be um, more advantageous to run that uh, in on their own premise. And I think what we've got to do a job of is really owning that hybrid cloud space. And more to the point, we've really got to produce better tools to help customers decide when is it good to run something off-premise versus uh, when is it good to run something on-premise. And Right, right now, the difficulty is there's, there's obviously we're, we're probably at the peak of the hype curve for public cloud. Um, so you can't go out there and say, yeah, public cloud, cloud kind of sucks and it's expensive and blah, 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 because, you know, that's just we're in the fashion business. And, um, you know, right now that, that that's just not going to fly. And so we've got to be more thoughtful. And I think we've got to you know explain to our customer base when is it good to run on prem versus when is it good to run off prem? So I think, you know, outside of being the, the arms supplier to, to other public clouds, we obviously want to help customers turn their data centers into a private cloud. And then we want to hook that up to a public cloud infrastructure, such as a virtue stream, um, so that folks can decide uh, where they want to run uh, their workload. Um, so I think they're the two big plays. And we're probably going to specialize because this is our heritage on more of the mission critical workloads. Um, you know, if we if we go to customers who are in you know the SAPs and the Oracles, I think I think there's good money there, and I think you know we kind of frequent those uh, parts of the data center maybe uh, more often. So, look, if we if we do that, I think that there's real incremental value. Um, I don't think we're going then head to head with Amazon, uh, which is also important, and I think we can carve out um, a pretty good business for ourselves. And, and look, if there's probably a third area where I'd say we want to focus, it uh, it's a variation of hybrid. It's not you know determining where to run your workload per se. It's determining, hey, do you want to archive off cold data from your primary storage and backup devices um, to an object store in the cloud? I, I think you know that that should be ours uh, to take because we already own the data on premise. If we could offer a service. Um, that allows the, the archiving of cold data and who knows, maybe even include it in the price of the primary storage or the backup, then I, I think we could do very well. So we, uh, we, we've, we've got you for a fixed amount of time. We've, got, we've, answered, we've asked some of the easier questions. We did a couple of hard hitters. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do my best Piers Morgan here and really do some investigative journalism. We'd like All to right. know some things around the last 11 months, right? So there was 11 months where we had to keep some serious secrets and not talk about certain things. Uh, and, you know, during that time, you're very public. You like to share a lot of things. What were some of the things during the last 11 months that when they were happening or as we were doing them, you wish you could have told the entire world that we were doing them? Um, I think the, the, the one of the difficult things is... Um, is having a company our size, right? How do decisions get made? I'm always fascinated about how decisions get made. And I guess you, you always think in your mind, oh, there's, 
you know, there's there's got to be some, you know, g- grand committee and voting system. And um, the, the thing I actually love about the way uh, the company, and, and let's be specific, Michael operates is, I mean, he's the founder of the company. This is his company. And um, the... the they're just the decision-making process is in a company this size. I actually think it's great. I mean, um, a, a lot of things get you know teed up with data, um, you know, to, to the exec team. But but Michael is involved in a lot of things, right? And he's got an amazing ability to digest and absorb information. And he's going to make a decision, and we're going to move on. And uh, I think one of the reasons why the integration has gone so well was because you've got a guy at the top who is absolutely not afraid to make a decision, you know, does rely on data a lot for those decisions, which is, which is healthy. It stops, you know, things getting all political and weird. Um, and I think the decisions have been teed up and we've knocked them down. Um, and that, that, that has been very kind of refreshing and motivating to see. And, you know, now we're post close, obviously we, we've got a lot more, uh, uh, to make, but just the way the company and I think specifically Michael operates, um, given the scale of it, um, maybe you wouldn't think it operates this way, uh, but it does. And, you know, because he's a hundred percent engaged in the business and making decisions at every turn and he's very accessible. Um, I think that's a cadence that is set for the rest, the rest of the organization. So that's one thing I wish it's difficult to give insight to that. Um, and, and see it firsthand because very few people I'm maybe fortunate enough to see that firsthand, but it, it's incredibly motivating to see. So is there, uh, you know, that when you talk about being integrated and talking about how, you know, he's, he's done those things. If you peel back on just the um, legacy EMC culture, um, you're very integrated with teams down to the level where, you know, you walk through the room, everybody says hi to you. Um, you'll talk to people, all of those kind of things. Um, yeah. Is you know have you seen just in conversations with Michael on the side um, where you know before maybe traditional Dell culture was a different way uh, and now learning you know seeing e, you know EMC culture and kind of blending those two families you know have you seen anything unique or interesting where he's either stepped up that portion of his personality or said you know hey maybe we need to do this different? Yeah, I. I... You know, I'm picking up a lot of things secondhand from the from the Dell team, but um, I'd say, look, De- Dell was much more functionally organized. So, you know, sales and central marketing and, um, e- e- you know, R&D. So my perception, at least, has been that they were much more functionally organized and probably in, in some cases much more self-sufficient within their function, um, whereas... I think EMC, our heritage, and I think a lot of this came from the acquisitions that we did. I think we had a much more of a business unit mindset and look horizontally across functions. Now, in, in recent years, we, you know, we have started to change that a little bit to go more functional. Um, but I, I think you know, you've got to end up somewhere in the middle. Um, at our scale, you, you probably have to align by function. Um, but at the same time, what, what is precious is line of sight across the business. How is the backup business doing? How's the Isilon business doing? Um, you, you know, I think if you lose line of sight across businesses like that, and, and by line of sight, I mean from R&D through marketing into sales and service, if you, if you lose that line of sight, you know, bad things uh, can happen. So uh, I, I actually think we, we've probably got a, for, for the, from the Dell team's, standpoint 
um, they they uh, are going to have to shift much more almost to a, a business unit like mindset where we've got line of sight across the business. Um, and from an EMC standpoint, we're probably going to be a little bit more dependent on functional shared services because that's the only way to get efficiencies at the scale that we're at. Cool. So, uh, Jeremy, uh, I know we've got to be thoughtful of your time. So I want to ask one last question before we shut it down. So if we think of, um, you know, Pinky in the Brain, right, their goal is to take over the world. Now, I know we're not uh, necessarily looking to do that, but, you know, we're a $70 billion company today. Michael didn't buy us to uh, do status quo and stay at that level, right? So I'm sure the goal yeah. is to be $100 billion, and I've even heard, you know, Chad remark $200 billion company. <laughs> What I mean, what what are we what are we doing? What's our strategy, right, to to grow the market? And because we know that there's areas that are contracting and others that are growing, but uh, if you could just kind of sum up real quick what we're going to do to grow to you know 100 billion plus dollar company. Yeah, I mean we've got a, the, these areas of like cloud solutions and CI become super important. I mean, uh, Chad, Chad's planet uh, and 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 you know life, the universe, and everything pitch. Um, I mean, is is both hilarious, but also um, uh, eye-opening because I, I actually think that uh, converged infrastructure that that is the way the world is going from an infrastructure standpoint, and we clearly can be a leader there. That's not enough, though. I, I think we've got to get more into the business of outcomes. You know, what what would we layer on top of that infrastructure in order to deliver an outcome for the customer? Um, if the customer wants off-prem um, for their mission-critical apps, you know, how do we deliver that? So, you know, to me, uh, the solutions and CI part of the equation become very, very important in order to drive that top-line growth. Um, and then, uh, look, I, I think there are other areas that are, you know, longer-term uh, billion-dollar businesses. I mean, I highlight things like NSX, and I highlight things like uh, Pivotal. I'm, I'm really bullish on Pivotal and and what they're doing. It, it it's early days. You know, we make the grand statement about you know, hey, every industry is going to transform and become digital. Well, guess what? It is. It's not going to happen though in the next couple three years. You know, we think we in tech at times. Um, we, we, we drink our own Kool-Aid and we think these trends are going to happen overnight. It's going to take a decade uh, to, for industries to transform and become digital. It will happen. And Pivotal as a shot had been the platform. And how profound is that? Well, you, you know, I grew up, uh, my formative years of my career were, were in the mid-90s where Windows was the platform. And Microsoft did pretty well out of that. And Pivotal has that kind of potential. And it's difficult to kind of grok that right now, but if we're saying that this third platform is real and every industry is going to transform, you are going to get 10x the amount of apps on this new platform that than you've had on the last platform, and and we could be right in the middle of that. So, you know, to me, the maturing um, but still massive infrastructure business is is our staple. Uh, that generates the cash, keeps the lights on, pays the rent. That's what we're executing on today. But growth, I would tell you, you know, really CI solutions and then some of these newer areas that are going to be or have the promise to be fairly profound in future. I think, I think that's how we get to the $100 billion mark. 
Awesome. Well, I'm pretty stoked. So let's uh, let's shut this down for today. But real quick, Jeremy, how do folks get a hold of you? You're 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 um, all out there on social media. So what's your what's your Twitter ha- Twitter handle and some other ways to get a hold of you? Yeah, pretty pretty easy. I, I guess I, by accident, not design. I was I was an early adopter of Twitter, so it's just at Jay Burton. I'm probably one of the few people that just does the 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 simple um, the simple handle at Jay Burton and uh, Twitter. I. I use for pretty much everything uh news to fight with my brother um so you'll see the family debates on there as well as the technology debates as well as some of my favorite sporting stuff mainly probably the, the soccer the formula one and and things like that so uh yeah twitter's a, a, a fund of knowledge put it that way okay awesome and then we always like to ask our guests this but um uh, where can we find you next uh is there gonna i'm assuming you're gonna be at the uh Dell EMC World presenting. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll. I'm. I think. I think the the next uh, big thing. I'm going to be at um, the Dell EMC Forum in London. Um, I think that is October the sixth. Uh, I actually got it cleared just yesterday because uh, I became an American citizen, a U.S. citizen, on the seventh of September, oh, nice. and I, I now have an American passport, so now I can. I can leave the country and and, and get admitted. So um, now, first week in October, I'm heading to London. Then it's only uh, literally two weeks later we have Dell uh, EMC World in Austin, so I'm uh, I'm pretty stoked about that. Two massive events, and it, it's great to go back to the motherland, and it'll be great to be in in, in Austin. Uh, that that the atmosphere there will be hopping, it'll be electric, and uh, you know we're going to be banging the drum in front of 300 of the world's press. Yeah, sounds awesome. And then finally. Um, do you have any any books that you recommend? These these can be within the within the industry or just kind of personal that uh, that you like to recommend. You know, it's 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 funny um, uh, to talk about things. Maybe people that so I never read books, right? And and in fact, the only I read a lot online. And my wife always used to like uh, laugh at me because when we when we first got married, I worked at Oracle and I was an SE actually. Um, and I used to specialize in in uh, you know kind of C and C plus plus access to Oracle databases. And my bedtime reading was the Oracle Seven DBA guide. Uh, that was what was on my bedside uh, table. So that would I put you to sleep, never, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, put, put my wife to sleep for sure. But um, the I have to say the the only books I really read are, are like nonfiction and um, and and the 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 one that I've read. Recently, uh, Alex Ferguson, who was the longtime uh, coach of Manchester United, you know, arguably one of the world's uh, biggest and most successful soccer team, I, re- I read his book on on leadership, and he's one of these fire-breathing, braveheart-like Scotsmen, uh, and he's just he's an amazing guy. He stayed at the top for 25 years, and um, you know, a lot of his basic principles are, I think absolutely applicable to the business world as well as to the world of soccer. So Alex Ferguson's uh, book on leadership uh, has been the last one I've read. Yeah. And, and speaking of leadership, uh, I know you're, you know, you're a big golfer uh, and the world golf championships for uh, which Dell technologies is sponsoring is coming up. And I would like to personally assign myself to carry your bag uh, and, and help out in any way possible during the World Golf Championship. So I just want to put it out there. It's public, which means it's going to happen. Um, so I appreciate that. Well, the, the good news is actually from having no golf tournaments a, a year ago, now we have two. Um, you've got the Dell Technologies World Match Play 
which may well just be called the Del Will. In fact, I think this coming year it is just going to be called the Del Will Match Play. But also the Deutsche Bank tournament that EMC was a presenting sponsor of, with Deutsche Bank, obviously. Uh, Deutsche Bank have, have cleared off, and um, we got an amazing deal to take over the prime sponsor of that. So in, in Boston next year, we will have the Dell Technologies Championship. Um, so we're going to have a major event in in Boston, and we're going to have a major event in Austin, our two, our two big uh, uh, areas of uh, population. And then since I assume you're a car guy, you'll be at the uh, the F1 races after the, the uh, Dell EMC World in uh, October? You know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to, but what the problem, what comes of having four kids is um, I've got to clear off right after Dell EMC World and get out to Boston. My son's at school out there, and he's he's got a, a like a, a parent's, weekend so i unfortunately will not be at uh, austin although i think this title the title this year is going to go right down the wire and i think it's going to be a fantastic weekend sounds like fun well we jeremy we appreciate all of your time it's been a blast and uh we're excited for everybody else to hear this as well um so for everybody out there please get social with us uh let us know who else you'd like us to talk to and uh you know don't be afraid to hit at michael dell on twitter and remind him that he needs to come on the hot aisle as well there's nothing wrong with uh, crowdsourcing that so uh on behalf of the hot aisle again i'm brian carpenter and i'm brett piatti and jeremy thank you again for all your time no, thank you